All right. Soundtrack, you can hear me? Yep, I hear you good. Cool. Point that mic a little bit more at your mouth. How's it go. sound? That sounds good. Okay. All right, let's just make sure. Okay, there we go. We're live. All right, all right. Welcome to Toxic Airwaves. Got a quick uh, clip to play on maximalism. Okay. Bitcoin toxicity is important. I think it's absolutely necessary. And if you're against Bitcoin toxicity, you're against Bitcoin. And if you're against Bitcoin, you're against freedom. So that's from a great talk at the Miami conference. That was the line that upset Eric Voorhees, who uh, Don Reddy claims, and I agree, is uh, probably a transgender. Well, whatever Eric Voorhees is, he is a total tool. And uh, BTC Lurk, who's in the chat, was uh, on that panel as well. Did a great job representing some good toxic maximalism. Oh, I never made that connection. Very nice. Yeah. Good deal. Don Reddy coming in hot. Fuck Eric Voorhees. Yes. That's right. That's correct. Max Kaiser is coming out to Phoenix here pretty soon. Yes, sir. Uh, pretty excited about that. August 19th. Maybe we can get him to... Uh, uh, say a little bit about how he feels about Eric as well. He's been pretty uh, vocal on the airwave or on Twitter in particular. And uh, that's been, that's been phenomenal. Okay. I've got a lot going on. Let's uh, get focused. Okay. Got some people in the spaces, which is pretty dope. So I titled this one, um, Don't Go Around Kissing Boots. I like that. That's our topic. So I've been reading uh, Cody Wilson's book, Come and Take It. It's a really good one. I suggested kind of a memoir of his experience uh, in the early days of getting uh, 3D gun printing rolling with the, the first gun. It was originally called the Wiki Weapon. And... Uh, then moved to the Liberator, and he uh, spoke at a conference, and some douche asked him if he was proud of himself after his presentation, and he said, I could go kiss you, or I could go 3D print a boot for you to kiss. And so that kind of inspired this, as well as those uh, proposed laws in the infrastructure bill. So yeah. How are you doing tonight, Skeef? I am doing pretty good. It is my fault we are late today, but all is good now. I did move out to the boonies. Yeah. I was going to be on time, and then I remembered I forgot something at home that uh, I had to do, so I'd run back. But all, oh. good, all good to go now. We were waiting for you. Oh, and there's good. Are we going here. shirtless? Oh. Uh, yes, uh, you can submit a refund request to... <laughs> Oh, we're not going shirtless. Um, I I would I probably won't. <laughs> Be lurk likes a new camera angle. Yes, we are. Uh, yeah, uh, Alex got a new new studio set up. Good to go. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I'm gonna be st start hosting people here pretty soon. Hopefully. Yeah. So, anyways. Let's get into it. So I think the first uh, topic in order is this new uh, 
crypto Bitcoin stuff. Crypto is a banned word on this podcast. A Bitcoin uh, law that is looking to come into place if they pass this infrastructure bill. And so we saw a lot of people freaking out on Twitter about it. That's what I was going to say with the with the broader topic being a bunch of Bitcoiners being extremely disappointing because uh, I forget when it started, but I recently got banned again. But before I got banned, people were, you know, call your congressman, call your senator, you know, whatever. Here's the number. These senators are on the fence. Call them. Send them an email. I was like, what the fuck is this noise? Like, I just, I don't know. It really, it really caught me off guard because I did not expect bitcoiners to to be the type that uh yeah that concern themselves with what the terrorists are are up to lately yeah but that was i don't know so that was that was strange and then just like a lot of people that i saw that out of as was didn't didn't expect it but yeah okay don ready's don ready's on the same page but uh it was yeah i don't know like i I, I, I tweeted out something about something to the effect of, you know, what, like basically, because I was legitimately confused by it. I didn't under, I didn't expect it. I didn't understand why people were doing that because I've always taken the approach of I want to put, you know, whatever kind of energy like that, you know, getting upset at Washington, D.C. or, you know, like I said, I make a point to as often as possible, call them terrorists instead of politicians because I, I think important, I think accurate language is important um and yeah it was just i was just confused like watching all these people you know like i said call your congressman call your senator blah 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 and it i don't know i've just i've always put that energy into figuring out how to build and develop tools that make them irrelevant and that's that's the move that i think is important and i don't know yeah it was just disappointing to see yeah see a bunch of weak bitches talking about that kind of stuff it didn't make sense but i agree i was talking we were talking at the uh bitcoin meetup last week about this and you know some people bring up some legitimate points of like they have families and kids and have a lot to lose but at the same time you know i feel like the government has declared war on us a long time ago the printing the lockdowns the taxation all of this stuff they want to make things as difficult and extract as much as they can off of us. And, and they are totally running the system into it, into the ground. It's just disgusting. Like they're having to open talks about debt defaults. And that is the inevitability of this financial system is we're going to see that. And we're going to see a complete breakdown of it. And there are some of us that are trying to do what is, you know, logical and, completely reject the premise that they have any responsibility or authority over us in, in the issuance of money and elsewhere. And they're trying to, you know, make it as difficult to get out of that. And I'm not going to stand for it. You know, and I don't think a lot of people are going to stand for it. And we have to realize like they hate us and this is serious and this is war, you know? Yeah. And uh, like we were talking about Friday, um, we, had the pleasure of going to a wonderful barbecue up in Phoenix on Friday. Um, bunch of bunch of the bunch of Arizona Bitcoiners. That was super fun. Um, but it's oh, I started talking about how awesome the barbecue was, and I forgot what I was going to say. 
I don't remember. It was great. <laughs> it was an awesome barbecue, but lots of meat. Yeah, it was just. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's I, I, yeah. I just I don't. I have a, I I don't know. I was I kind of came into the Bitcoin world from sort of I've mentioned it before, but just kind of traditional larpertarian, constitutional libertarian. You know, the Constitution matters, all that kind of nonsense, and. You know, and part of part of me understanding Bitcoin was rejecting all that noise about, you know, there being political solutions to all this stuff. And oh, now, now I remember what I was going to say. Um, so it's like we have the opportunity to opt out of all this stuff. And, you know, I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago. Somebody was, you know, somebody who's kind of a traditional conservative was, you know, going on about how much money they're spending and borrowing. And, and he goes, I mean, how are how are we going to pay for this? And I was like, motherfucker, who's we? There is no we. Like, I'm. I'm over here with with Bitcoin. I'm not paying for shit. Like I won't be around when that when that bill comes due. Like I'm, it's not gonna happen. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's that's that's I think a, a huge aspect of Bitcoin being fuck you money is you know when they say oh we signed up for this so we need to pay for this you can say hey go fuck yourself and and mean it and not just not just be upset about it like you know Ben Shapiro and all these other cucks like I just I get so. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. Like they're like, like, can you believe what the liberals are doing? And it's like, yeah, dude. They've they haven't changed their narrative in over a hundred years. There's been no new developments. Nothing's new. Trump didn't change anything one way or the other. Like it's the exact same plot. We've had the exact same policy since the end of world same foreign policy since the end of World War II. Like none of the stuff that matters has changed at all, and it's not going to change. You know, unless we opt out and stop funding our own oppression by by participating in all that noise yeah 100 percent. i mean it's ridiculous it's it, it's just absolutely ridiculous like when when you understand just even the basics of what this monetary system is and how much they're stealing from you and harming the people that are most vulnerable in our society like there there is no room to play nice with these guys you know it, it, it like they're they're just talking like they're raising taxes after they devalued everybody's money. Yeah. And they shut everybody down, killed tons of small businesses. Like you add in you know kids that are still alive but just have a terrible existence because their parents are morons and they you know put a diaper on their face every time they go outside it's just it's it's insane it's like you know i can you know i mentioned on here i've got kids like i can make sure their life is awesome but and what do i do for the other kids out there i have no idea i don't i don't even know yeah yeah, hundred percent. And I think like one of the biggest things that we can do in protest right now is just not get demoralized. Yeah. Don't be sad. Yeah. And to see, yeah. And that's, and that's, that's, I think another big thing of like the fuck you money is, you know, we're empowered and 
you know, we don't have to, we can opt out of this nonsense. We can, you know, the U.S. really goes towards full Soviet, then, you know, like, like we've talked about before, we'll just get our passports from Katie and, you know, get, get going from there. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But I think, you know, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see. So I think next topic of discussion. So there's some rumblings that um, there may be another round of lockdowns coming through the country, and it sounds like they're going to try and implement them federally. Doug Ducey said he's not going to have any of it, um, which I think was a positive thing. But then again, you know, He's a politician and you can't really trust anything he says. Yeah. Um, and he already locked us down to, in a very limited way, but he, that, that okay. I'm going to take that back. He locked us down uh, in a limited way comparatively to the more totalitarian states, but it was still a totalitarian action that was incredibly uh, disruptive. Don says, pair. Periscope is shit. So if you're having trouble, try YouTube. Uh-huh. Yeah, it looks like YouTube's working pretty good. We're on YouTube and Twitch. Yeah, I was uh, last night. I was hanging out with a neighbor of mine who's she's probably sixty something, um, and she owns a like a bunch of properties around here. Um, but one of them is this restaurant, and um, she, like and a lot. She's she's basically just talking about how a lot of the a lot of the like tyranny nonsense comes from the local government and you know because everybody focuses on you know what's biden up to what's congress up to No, a lot of it comes from you know your local county level government your city level government like it's you know Uh sergio simpson has that song turtles all the Uh way down it's terrorists all the way down and it's you know it's just like one of the specific rules that tucson did was they uh they said if you're gonna have food trucks during covid they have to be 100 feet apart and it's just like random stuff. And they had people out there with tape measures measuring how far apart food trucks were and just all kinds of bullshit. The Pima County Health Department is horrendous. <laughs> yeah. These people, I don't know, like, I mean, they, they're not good intentions. Yeah. That, that's what I'll say. They had a wall of shame of businesses that weren't complying that got leaked out to the public and you know, people, business owners, their uh, employees and employees' kids were receiving death threats yeah. from people. And it was simple as like you know, the, the health department caught somebody that um, wasn't wearing a mask or walking across you know, the restaurant or something like that. It's okay to not have a mask if you're sitting and you're drinking something, but if you're standing, you, you need to have a mask. And this warrants death threats. Apparently, it's like that's that's a good point. Big ass tape measure. It probably was some other type of measuring device. Now that I think about it, because hundred foot. That's a very good point, Don. Hundred foot tape measure would be really. <laughs> yeah. So they, they were measuring it somehow. So Young Lord brought up a good point. So Paragon fucked up right now. Another, we're talking, you know, it's kind of switching it to optimism. Also, like another thing, um, conversation, you know, this this week was. Um, as I got the Friday thing also was just talking about how, you know, today, if you've got, you know, say Bitcoin, you know, you're out, you're done, you're out of society, you're good to go wherever you want to, you know, do nobody's telling you where to, you know, it's like, you're already totally opted out if you want to be. Um, 
And what's going to be really, really awesome to watch is what that looks like over the next, you know, five, 10 years when that number drops. Like I, I would expect by the end of the decade, that number is going to be, you know, I don't know, just pulling a number out of my ass, 20 million sats, 30 million, you know, whatever it turns out to be, you know, the threshold is going to be much, much lower as, as value increases. And that's, that's, what's going to be super fun to watch is what, what Bitcoiners do with their freedom once they, once they achieve, you know, it's like, what do they build? What do they work on? Because, you know, at least the ones I've met are not the kind to sit on a beach and drink margaritas for 60 years. Um, you know, if somebody wants to do that, I don't care if it's not my business, but it's definitely not for me. Um, I don't, yeah, I personally don't see myself ever retiring. Yeah, I think the fantastic thing about that is how that opens up the door for people in other countries too. Yeah. Because they could be stacking, you know, doing whatever and yeah and i'm thinking of the american number you know what's the what's the you know peruvian number what's the south african number you know what's the angolan you know it's probably a lot less than 20 million sats um, as far as what you need to to be free and to to opt out and like i said it's not about you know i'm never going to work again and i'm going to go sit on a beach but it's i have complete control over my future and complete control over you know, sovereignty over my, over my wealth and my finances. So then, you know, the interesting question then is, okay, what, what do I do with that? Um, I don't know. Anybody that heard me on BTC kindergarten a couple of weeks ago knows that uh, I think children are a very important part of that. Um, but it's for everyone to decide for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So circling back, lurk, talking about how bad Paris is. Australia is awful too. Yeah. Yeah. We're not getting circled by helicopters yet in the United States. New York seems like they're well on their way to going there. But we're not there yet. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting because it's it seems like New Zealand, Australia, and Canada are kind of in a three way race to see you know, to answer the question, which well, but as far that they've because like they've got their own central banks and they're doing all kinds of funny business. And so like one, they're all three going to implode huge at some point. It's just going to be interesting to see, see which one is first. I mean, I think the Canadian central bank's balance sheet is up, you know, two or 300%, you know, all this, all this stuff, you know, these statistics we've been seeing all over Twitter, but, you know, countries like that where, you know, the government runs so much of the economy and so much of the country, what does it look like when, when that falls apart, you know, because we've seen, governments fall apart, but not modern Western countries, you know, their governments completely fall apart. Um, it'll be, you know, that combined with nobody being able to defend themselves because they took all the guns away a long time ago. It, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see myself visiting any of those countries at any point in the next decade or two. Yeah. What I prescribe for people in those countries, get a 3d printer start printing you can print yourself some guns and uh for your family and friends that don't want guns you can start printing them some boots (laughs) and they can kiss them yeah or or ideally get the fuck out (laughs) well it it will be pretty interesting i mean we've been teetering on the edge of collapse for a while in the united states and uh these talks of defaulting on the debt are not you know to be are, are not light uh, conversations to have. That's a pretty serious thing. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens. They'll probably raise the debt ceiling. 
this is probably just your typical thing in Congress going back and forth. But I mean, regardless of what happens, like the inflation, it, it's just a matter of like, do you want to die by a thousand cuts living in the fiat system or do you want to um, have a short, quick death? Um, and either either way, that's where we're heading unless you opt out. Yeah. Start building things. It's, it is. It's crazy to walk around. You know, I do this. I, I like, you know, I, unless I'm in a hurry, I pretty much walk everywhere. Um, and, you know, so I spend a lot of time walking around, looking around, and it's, it's wild to, like, realize, you know, most of these people are, comp- you know, probably perfectly good people, but completely and utterly just ill-equipped for what's coming. They have no idea. They have no, you know, like, you know, they still think the economic troubles are related to COVID. You know, they, you know, are all this central banking stuff that we're all aware of it's just it's nuts oh yeah that's a good question from don yeah don asked what do you guys think about all this drama surrounding the end of rent slash closure moratorium it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it plays i was reading i think the i was reading an estimate actually today the that they're of basically how much is owed to landlords and whatever what I was reading on it, I can't remember what they based it on, but the number there was $20 billion in back rent to landlords, you know, plus all these people, you know, with the mortgages. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have a very good friend who I thankfully convinced not to buy a house right now. They were looking at a major metropolitan area that's just been, you know, like one of those places where you know, you have to offer 50K over asking price just to have a shot at the house, you know, that kind of garbage. And I was like, just let this, let this shit kind of sort itself out and, you know, see what it looks like in 2022. Like, it could, and, and it was this, anyway, this is the reason I brought it up is because this moratorium was what ultimately convinced him because um, he's not, he's not Bitcoin or he's not, you know, up on what the fuckers in DC are up to and central bankers and all that stuff. My, my thoughts on it, I think BlackRock probably has a bunch of dry powder. Mm-hmm. They're ready to swoop in, yeah. buy all these houses. I think, uh, you know, what, what also is going on is things have been a lot worse during this time as far as, you know, the average person's experience. So, you know, th- the news is not covering what's happening. I, I saw one point. Uh, 40% of people in Tucson were on the verge of losing their water, which is pretty crazy. From not paying the bill? From not being able to pay the bill. Jesus. And, you know, we, in, in Tucson specifically, we were, we already had, uh, you know, the official number was the poverty rate was at somewhere around 25%. So a quarter of the city uh, was living off of, uh, for like, I don't know. The poverty level is just such a weird metric because they haven't adjusted it ever. And so uh, for one person living alone, they would be making around like $12,500 a year or something like that. And I just cannot imagine living off of that much even. I don't know how much subsidized housing costs, but um, I think things have been a lot worse than what we're seeing. And I think things will be a lot worse uh, than what we will see in the future because the media is not going to cover this. They're not going to go against the narrative of what the oligarchs want, you know, of throwing everybody out of their homes, um, having them rent everything and, uh, you know, 
being happy doing that. I did, I did see a hilarious tweet. Uh, they said, I forget the exact punchline, but it was something to the effect of uh, the Federal Reserve is enabling BlackRock to achieve the American dream of owning 12 million homes. <laughs> but, and that's a, you know, you talk about BlackRock having dry powder, which they definitely do. But it's like what's even more fucked up is they don't even need dry powder. Like they've got, they can just mainline money from the Fed and, you know, you know, 50 basis points for 10 years or, you know, 2% for 30, you know, all this garbage that, that you know, they can get just because they have political connections. And that's what we're seeing a lot of that in uh, like properties being developed. Is it like properties are being bought by people, you know, not because they have, you know, not because they're these amazing real estate tycoons and they know how to build buildings that people want to live in and buy and blah, blah, blah. No, it's because the people that are, getting these deals it's it's the classic cantillion effect like these it's the people who have access to the easy money because it's like some guy who can borrow a hundred million dollars at you know one percent with you know basically nothing down is just gonna you know they, they don't care about price you know if they're trying to buy a thousand houses you think they're negotiating on one individual house like you know, like somebody only buying one house. No, it's just, it just fucks up the incentives so much. Did you see Don's question? Yeah. Were you responding to that? Uh, no, I'm just reading it. Uh, Black rocket effect give banks an incentive to be stricter in terms of foreclosures and their interpretations to these new rules. I don't know. I don't know. Meaning like, because they've got such a strong buyer in BlackRock that they can, uh, I don't know, like, or maybe not just BlackRock specifically, but that there's all these big money buyers with, you know, a bunch of borrowed money that maybe they're, I don't know, that they're much stronger buyers, that they're crowding out the people that have, you know, lower credit scores or whatever else that should, shouldn't be getting mortgages. Don't have access to the money printer. Yeah. What's up, Logical Logistics? You got anything for us? Nope, not right now. Cool. Yeah. Well, anyways. Oh, buy side liquidity raises the price floor of foreclosed homes. Oh, Kiwi messaged me. He said, I thought it was 1.2 trillion. Or no, I, I think that number is too big. New Zealand has 38% debt to GDP. That, That's really not that bad. Yeah, it sounds pretty low, but it's the... I guess it's this, the central banking stuff is what I'm worried about because it's been a while since I looked at those numbers. Yeah. I think United States were over 100%. Oh, by, I see what you're saying. By, so, so Don's saying buy side liquidity raises the price floor. Of, yeah, that makes sense. I see what you're saying. Kelly Lanham is talking. We were talking about this. Re, or Actually, he was talking about this on Phil Gibson's podcast where that was a major issue where he was going around trying to buy a um, – foreclosed homes and these firms would come in with just unlimited money and really raise the price for and yeah. crowd the smaller players out something yeah and something that is going to be a big fireworks check i know you know a lot of people aren't arizona specific but um you know we are and uh southern arizona you should be arizona specific. should be yeah come to a state where you can actually defend yourself not yes. like those cucks in texas go shooting in your front yard you're like yeah texas larps on liberty Anyway, well, that's a, that'll be a whole other episode. Um, but uh, 
but so Southern Arizona specifically has just an absolute fuck ton of defense industry, defense contract, you know, Raytheon's one of the biggest employers, you know, all of these companies. And so it's like, they're like, I'm, I'm not going to buy real estate until the federal government starts bouncing checks. Um, because at that point, Southern Arizona is going to be on a fire sale and yes. we're going to be buying, you know, we're going to be buying mansions for a hundred thousand sets, I think. Well, maybe not that low, but maybe a couple million. Um, but, uh, it's just, it, you know, cause it's like, so, so it's, I don't know the whole, the whole real estate market's completely fucked just because of how it's completely propped up by the fed. And then on top of that, you have the major source of income, you know, in Southern Arizona, you know, I don't know if it's the top, but it's definitely top three to five would it's be huge. the defense industry. And it's like the military bases, you know, it's like, I've, we've we've talked about before it's like i i was talking to some i forget who it was it doesn't matter um looking at zillow and talking about oh yeah i'm trying to find my citadel on zillow and i was like i don't spend a lot of time on zillow like my my citadel is not on zillow like my citadel is currently classified and owned by the federal government yes. that's the kind of shit i'm gonna buy <laughs> there's some pretty sick you know out there. i'm not i'm not trying to get a nice pool you know i'm trying to I'm trying to buy something that's currently classified, you know, once, once these fuckers start going bankrupt. Yeah. I've been trying to bring that up, that conversation up with, with people here locally um, that are outside of the Bitcoin sphere of, of how much of an issue that is. So Raytheon's the second biggest employer in Tucson behind the university of Arizona and probably brings in more money than the university of Arizona because um, missiles make a lot of money. And then Davis Mothin is like four or five. I think, mm -hmm. and those two, if those two industries leave or, or go out of business, it's going to be like Mogadishu up in here. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, yeah, it probably would get pretty ugly. It, it, it's already yeah. ugly, dude. Yeah. Cause there's no, I mean, what I, I was reading a statistic recently that, um, I think two and a half years ago, Tucson police had 1600 officers today. They have 700. Cause they just cannot replace, you know, and obviously fuck the cops, but, um, it's, that's just like a, a hard number of, you know, two and a half years ago with a lot fewer people or not a lot, but definitely fewer people there, were, uh, yeah, 20, 20 or yeah, 1600 officers. So almost half or about less than half. Um, so Don's asking about the foundry getting built. So there's a multi with it's the TSMC or TMSC. It's Taiwan Semiconductor, something or other, um, giant chip, multi-billion-dollar chip foundry getting built outside of Phoenix. Um, That's good. Yeah. So that would that would be. Well, I think. Well, even more bullish. I think TSMC produces the silicon for our miners. So this is like, this is fucking awesome. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So that's that's definitely definitely a positive, um, and anything we can do to get that manufacturing out of China is, 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 should be a pretty good win. Um, so there's, and there's definitely businesses outside of the defense industry, but that would be just such a big hit, you know, once, you know, I don't know, like once, once the defense department, you know, is, is getting 10, 15, 20% smaller year after year after year, after increasing five to 10% every year since world war two, um, that's, you know, these people aren't going to know what to do when that money spigot turns off. And, 
once it's all done and the dust starts to settle, I plan on buying some of their real estate. Yeah. I will live. So do you think that, do you think that that area gets rebuilt then? Or is there just a massive capital flight and it, you know, turns into tombstone? Uh, Tombstone's not a bad, no, it's, it's actually not a great city. If you're going down there, go to Bisbee. Yeah, um, yeah Bisbee's a cool town. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I, I think about it from the perspective of like, I, you know, if I want to make money, you know, or get, you know, get wealthy or whatever, it's for me, it's all Bitcoin stuff. So I look at real estate as anything I buy, I'm never going to sell probably ever. Like I want to, I want to buy stuff. My grandkids take their grandkids too on, you know, I'm, you know, I want to get like Rocky mountain play, you know, that kind of stuff is, is what I think about, you know, 10, 15, 20 years out. Um, and so, yeah, as far as an investment, it probably wouldn't be that great of an investment for a very long time to buy anything around here. Um, but I don't know. I'm a weirdo. I love the desert. The desert's my favorite part of the whole country. Like I don't, I don't really see myself leaving ever unless, you know, some Lenin type character takes over Washington DC, which is certainly an option on the table. Yeah, I'm a little bit more bullish on uh, Tucson uh, because one of the things that I find pretty impressive is the cash economy that we have here and how close people are to Bitcoin. And I think that if we're able to transition people uh, off of that, it, it's going to be a, you know, a similar type situation of what happened in El Salvador Uh minus the legal tender laws of, of people. I mean, there's so many people that don't pay taxes out here and there's so many people that don't like surveillance and that's why they use cash. And I, I think that's huge. And, and these are people that have not benefit. They're not working in the defense industry. They're not working for, you know, the state uh, communist camps like the university of Arizona or the Tucson unified school district. Um, these are people that hustle, you know, have real jobs working in the heat doing real things and they're so close to bitcoin yeah. and i get really really excited about that because once they start inevitably using it it's gonna i mean i don't think it necessarily has to be this catastrophic you know failure and i have a lot of faith that people out here in particular you know when the federal government you know starts passing all these crazy laws they're just gonna be like yeah whatever like yeah. Well, how how many people are in a junked out trailer just out in the middle mm -hmm. of the public land in northern Arizona or yeah. east of Tucson, west of you know? It's like there's that's that's one of the things you know that I like so much about Arizona. I've you know, I've talked about this before, so you know anybody's a regular listener, tell me to shut the fuck up. But it's like Arizona has such a baseline libertarian type culture, which I think is way more. You know, people's like, oh, it's red state versus blue state. No. Alabama's full of a bunch of conservatives, you know, Texas is, Louisiana is all over the South, like Georgia, like all these places are, you know, at the end of the day, they're, you know, they're predominantly neocons. Like they're a bunch of George Bush style, you know, I don't even know what, what these losers are. Um, but Arizona has a really, really nice baseline. And I think Wyoming does too. I just don't know nearly as much about Wyoming. And, um, I hear similar things about South Dakota also, um, but Arizona is the one that I'm familiar with and this will be my, you know, been here for a while. Um, and that, that like baseline culture of, Hey, how about you leave me the fuck alone and I go do whatever I want 
and I'm going to buy whatever guns I want and I'm going to carry whatever guns I want at all times. You know, I probably, you know, like, yeah, it's just, I, I like that a lot. And it's like, if you've ever driven from Phoenix up to the Grand Canyon or something like that, you know, look off either side of the interstate and you'll just see trailers just randomly out in the desert. And it's people totally off the books, totally, you know, they've already, they don't even know what Bitcoin is and they've been opted out for 20 years, yeah. you know, and there's, there's a lot of that. And it's, you know, those, those are, you know, those are the OGs of, of opting out. You know, I still have an address, so, you know, I'm LARPing compared to them. And, you know, but it's like what, what Bitcoin enables with that is going to be, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Okay. Yeah. We have a lot of young lurches. I need to start looking into homes in Arizona. Sounds bullish. Yes. Arizona is super bullish. Our liberals are more libertarian <laughs> than your conservatives, but yeah, Indiana, Kentucky, Indy. I love Indiana. Spent a lot of time out there. They have the Indy 500. I'm a big fan of IndyCar. Nice. And uh, they have a huge basketball scene out there. And they don't. Yeah. Kentucky, West Virginia, they're doing some cool things there. Yeah. And and obviously in, in each of those states that I just shit on, you know, there's pockets of what I'm talking about. Um, but as far as... I don't know. Like I, I bring up self-defense laws a lot, not, you know, like not because I'm a particular gun nut or anything like that, but just because that's, that's one big, that's one massive way that the state needs to get out of our way. It's just, you know, not arresting us for defending ourselves and Arizona, Alaska, Missouri. Um, you could probably put New Hampshire in there. Um, there's just a few, maybe five to seven States that are out in front. Definitely not Texas. Um, Yes, fuck Texas and Alabama. They are LARPers. I agree with you, Don. Um, but there are, there are just a few, maybe five to seven states that are out there in front saying, you know, if you live here, you can defend yourself and we're not going to fuck with you for trying to defend yourself. You know, it's like you don't need to go fill out a piece of paper just to carry, you know, and have a full, you know, prostate exam just to, you know, employ the most basic defensive technology, which is a concealed handgun. Um and yeah, the states, there's thankfully, there's a lot more states moving in that direction. But um, yeah, I think it's, that's, that's a big advantage that, that some of these, some of these states have is, um, you know, because I used to be up in the Pacific Northwest. And even if you have a concealed carry license, if you bend over, you know, at the bottom shelf in the grocery store, and somebody sees your gun, that's brandishment, you can get arrested. You know, it's just like basic stuff like that. Like, why the fuck would I you know, why did I spend a couple of years in a place like that? It doesn't make any sense, but I'm out now, so it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think what it comes down to, you know, ultimately, like, like calling calling politicians kind of a waste of time. Yeah. Because, you know, even if they raise a stink about it, if they're, you know, a good politician, yeah. um, it's not really going to accomplish anything if it's what the oligarchs want to push through. And... Yeah, I mean, there, there's going to be pushback against Bitcoin because it's powerful. And oh, Cal <laughs> I, did, I did see that. California. So young, young Eric said, me. did you guys see California is thinking about making bacon disappear in the state? Like, what the fuck? Commie Central. I, yeah, I, did, okay. I, I, I posted a, I put a headline in one of the Telegram groups about that just because I thought it was funny. So I, I like bacon a lot. Um, so I, I didn't actually look at the specifics of what they were doing on it. I was mostly joking around with it. 
I can't pay attention to California anymore. It's it's just yeah, a it's, oh, go ahead. No, it's insane. It's like it used to be it used to be a fun place and now it's like no, nah, that's the onion, dude. Oh wait, that's not the onion? They're yeah. actually fucking banning what? Just Yeah. Dude, it's like living in TSA. That's what California <laughs> I, is. I think it I think it ties <laughs> I think it ties back too to kind of what we started the show off with, which is you know, all this call your congressman, call your senator, you know, it's like all of that stuff is having is having hope in the political process. It's investing energy in the political process, which I just think is completely stupid. Um, and then the, I, you know, somebody might say, oh, well, you're talking about state governments and what do they allow or not allow? It's like all, all I'm looking at is what, you know, where can I live that the state is going to fuck with me the least? I have no hope of it, you know, or no interest in trying to, you know, make it better or redeem it or anything like that. I just want to be in a place where, you know, I can, I can protect myself, you know, or all these just basic things. Um, yeah. It's as opposed to like all these other States where it's definitely not the case. <laughs> yeah. I fly this weekend. The TSA says young work says the TSA is at the airport are a bunch of janitors as our protection. Yeah. And that's, Dude. It's all, it's such, I mean, so many comedians have made jokes about this, but it's just such security theater. Mall cops are way, way yeah. more legitimate than TSA. I had a really fun TSA experience recently. I was, I think I might've told you about this. Um, I was going through, I was going through TSA and, you know, some, you know, morbidly obese TSA agent was like, you know, maybe 10 feet behind me and, you know, I had my mask barely over my mouth and she goes, sir pull your mask up. And I was like, yeah, no fucking way. I'm acknowledging this lady. So I'm just standing there looking at the conveyor belt, you know, waiting for my bag to come out. She goes, and so she yells it like two more times, like louder and louder each time. And then she comes up, she stands like three feet away from me and she yells it again. And I'm still like, I know for a fact she's talking to me and I don't give a shit. And so I'm just like staring at the thing and she walks up and she taps me on the shoulder and she like screams, sir, put your, you know, she screams at me, put your mask on. And I was like, what? And she like she's getting so pissed off, and she's like, and so she yelled it again. I was like, I cannot understand you, which is what I started doing to mask people is telling them I can't understand them if their mask is on, and so she has to like pull her face mask down. And then she says, that. I was like, oh, okay, I got you. So I pulled it up a little bit and then pulled it back down. And as I was walking around, walking away, she saw me again and got angry again. But it's just I don't know treating treating these people with the maximum amount of disrespect and disdain. I think is is extremely important. Yeah. And just realizing that they don't really have any power if we, if we collective, well, we don't even have to collectively do it. We're going to collectively do it because it's so stupid that everybody's going to agree at the same time and just not follow through with it. Yeah. But, but just for you yourself, you know, realizing that, you know, these people are so ridiculous. They want to ban bacon and, and decide which gaming desktop that you get to use yeah. and tell you that you cannot protect yourself from them, you know, tanking the currency and destroying your livelihood while you know uh, just and it's, making you poor and i think they like what they love is are a lot like the, the really the really psychopathic ones um which is which is a good chunk of them probably not the majority but you know it's a lot of them um what they love is for you to get angry and they love you know it's like oh i, I can make you angry and then i exert my power over you yep. what most of them cannot stand is absolutely blatant disrespect and mockery 
which is what I always go with. Like I laugh at them as much as possible. I, you know, like, cause there are, and there are ways you can control them like that, that maneuver of, I, I can't understand you with the mask on. I don't know what you're saying. You know, they have, they have to either walk away or take their mask off to talk to you, you know, cause they can keep screaming through their mask and you're like, I can't, you know, you know, one line that works too is it's like, sorry, I'm kind of hard of hearing and I need to read lips, you know, like something like that, like bring, bring a fake disability into it or something. I mean, there's just so much, I don't know. There's so much fun stuff you can do to, to fuck with them. And yeah, I don't know. It's kind of the, the optimistic take on it, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that is a funny one. That'll be a good one to use in the future. <laughs> I mean, their narrative is just falling flat on his face. Oh yeah. And so that coupled with, how hard they're pushing you know their totalitarianism just like how how naked and, and dumb it is um with hard how hard they're pushing i think is a reason to feel really really bullish right yeah. now the cathedral is burning you know it's just absolutely burning in a raging inferno yeah. and it's it's beautiful beautiful to watch yeah it it is and i, I think like the thing that's getting me really excited is just watching people's attitudes shift collectively. You know, a lot of the people that were out there, you know, getting their vaccines and being good and wearing the masks, you know, are really having a shift right now as they're like, they're telling me I have to get a third one. Yeah. Or they're telling me I have to wear a mask. I thought this was supposed to work. It yeah. didn't work. Are you kidding me? Like, I know, I know somebody who was excited about voting for Hillary Clinton in 16, who is now has adopted my phrase, uh, well, not mine, but the one I use of, you know, are you vaccinated? The, the correct response is not no, it's Bill Gates can shove it up his ass. <laughs> um, and so like to go from excited about Hillary Clinton to Bill Gates can shove the vaccine up his ass. That's, you know, that's obviously that's not the majority. Most people are blue pilled and hopeless, but there are, you know, there are, there are people that are waking up and it's, it's pretty cool to watch. I think there's a large portion of people that have an understanding of how ridiculous all of this is right now. Yeah. I think there's a small minority of people that are off their rockers and have a much larger voice in our society mm -hmm. because these, these people, these journalists and these politicians, all it takes is like a group of a thousand people scattered all over the place that are you know mentally ill going after people on twitter to change their opinions on something it's not um it, it's not a representation of this and maybe it's just that we live in arizona and i talk to a lot of people and I, i'm feeling pretty bullish on them right now as they're they're asking questions and being pretty open-minded now now the problem with it is a lot of people are aware of what's happening and aren't willing to do anything yes that that's that's the problem right now and there and there is a definite negative you know side of all like really kind of pessimistic side of it which you know i you know th these people that are you know talking about vaccine mandates and all that like it's i think it's important to recognize that it's the exact same group of people that in another time and place were stasi informants in east germany and people sending their neighbors to the gulags in soviet union and Nazi sympathizers in 1930, like, it's like, it's the same, you know, mob of mindless, just unthinking, go with the flow, do what the authorities say, 
you know, listen to the TV. It's like, it's the people, you know, it's the people that have seen every episode of Big Bang Theory. And, you know, it's like, they just, you know, I'm sorry if anybody's a Big Bang Theory fan, but, um, you know, it's like these sick, they watch, they shouldn't have said Big Bang Theory specifically. It's like the people that watch the sitcoms that, you know, that consume all the trash that are, you know, watching 18, 20 hours a week of CNN or MSNBC or Fox, you know, it doesn't matter which one it is. Um, that it's like these, these people that, that go along with authority, they're like, oh, you know, my finger's not on the trigger. It's not my fault. You know, I would think is something along their, their thought process. And I don't know, like when I, when I find these people, I always ask them, like, have you, you know, the question that I've had reasonably good success with is, you know, have you considered the possibility you're not one of the good people? You know, because they're they think they're these moral crusaders, and and that's I think a really good yeah reality TV too definitely. Um, you know, it's like it's it's asking them that question like have you and it's it's not saying you're a bad person because that they're just going to shut down and not respond at all. But it's like asking them the question: Have you considered the possibility that you're not one of the good people? You know, just at least consider because I certainly have. You know, I definitely think I'm a good. You know, I help my friends. I'm loyal to my friends, you know, if somebody needs to move, I'm helping them move, you know, I've take care of my kids, you know, I do all the good stuff. So I think, you know, I'm probably a good person. But if you ask me, have you considered the possibility you're not one of the good people? Yeah, of course, I've considered that, you know, it's, yeah, I've definitely considered, I've thought about it a lot, because I, I, it's something super important to me. But it's like these people, they don't, they don't have minds, they don't, you know, they're barely, I don't know, in my opinion, they're barely conscious, but Young Lurk is accusing Don of watching The Bachelor. All right. And, uh, next week, we're going to have Toxic Airways Fight Night with uh, Don and Young Lurk. <laughs> going to fight over who who's, uh, I don't know, who I, what, what The, the Bachelor's good. The loser know. has to watch, like, binge watch however many seasons there are <laughs> of The Bachelor in a week. Uh, that would be painful. That would, uh, yeah. It would be like going through an MK Ultra experiment. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ted Kaczynski, I was about to say. Speaking of MK Ultra, <laughs> yeah, I was listening to that podcast you said. Yeah, uh, theories of a third kind. Very good podcast uh, if you're into conspiracy type shit. Um, uh, three, yeah, actually, yeah, three people that do the podcast together were very good. They did a Ted Kaczynski episode that was very good. Um, I don't know. They they have another one like it's kind of similar to the Oklahoma. Oklahoma I don't know how much we want to get into conspiracies, but Let's basically, basically Ted Kaczynski Dude. and the Oklahoma City bombing, you know, kind of similar sort of plots where, uh, you know, like either. So I'm trying to think how to, how to explain it. So like with Oklahoma City, you know, it was either a a one of these sting operations where they try to set somebody up and it goes bad or. Uh, you know, it was just that was an FBI plan from the beginning to attack a federal building and, or maybe FBI, CIA, whoever, you know, all these federal agencies kind of go together. Um, but it's like to, you know, to basically create, trying to figure out what people are laughing at. Um, probably me. But uh, I think they're laughing at Dawn. Okay. Um, but basically to, to create a bunch of public resentment towards people that they can label you know, anti-government or something like that. And so like the, the chances that Ted Kaczynski was the only one involved and that Timothy McVeigh was the only one involved is essentially zero. I mean, they're like the Ted Kaczynski example, there were fingerprints from at least a couple other people found on bombs. 
um, you know, read through his manifesto. He says a lot of we, a lot of us. Um, there's, I don't know, there's just lots, lots of other examples that it's kind of, it's kind of, I don't know, tie in JFK also, but it's kind of also the JFK thing of, you know, I don't know what exactly happened, but I know that if you believe the traditional media government narrative, you know, you probably have a single digit IQ. <laughs> That's fire, Don. We got uh, Don is claiming that uh, Lurk drinks warm milk and watches reruns of Pelosi speeches, which is that's quite the insult. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it, the, one of the really, really interesting things is so you like look at people that were involved in MK Ultra. Yeah, Ted Kaczynski, Charles Manson, right. Whitey Bulger. Are there any other? Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby, who cleaned up the JFK assassination. Yeah. Are there any other notable ones? Um, Those are pretty notable. I think, yeah. They're the main ones. And, I mean, we, we just see this stuff happen. So there was uh, plots to blow up airplanes to get us to go to war with Cuba. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, in more recent times, you, you saw the Gretchen Whitmer, you know, incident uh, where yeah. all these you know, like six people were arrested and, and 12 FBI informants or agents were involved in hatching this plot to uh, kidnap her. The, these things, a lot of them are manufactured. Yes. And they're used to, I mean, it, you just like look at all the stuff going on right now, like the cyber attacks yeah. and, you know, what else? I mean, yeah. it, it, and COVID, it's, and I mean, it's because they they get there and it's not it's not uh i don't know like some of it is and like like basically they the way they acquire power and resources is by there being lots of turmoil lots of uncertainty lots of violence and then them saying we have the solution you know nobody asked the question well you know how are you involved in creating the problem but they say, oh, well, the FBI has a solution. Give them more money. Give them more. And so a lot of it, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, six lizard people under a mountain calling the shots. You know, a lot of it is systemic incentives of these just insanely corrupt psychopathic people. I mean, look at, I mean, Randy Weaver, Ruby Ridge, another good example. You know, it's like they, you know, they shot this guy's wife in the head. And then for several days after, I forget what her name was. Vic, I think it was Vicky. You know, so that so they shoot her in the head while she's holding a baby at outside the cabin and and aim and not on like not on accident. You know, they they said she's there, take the shot, put a bullet in her head while she's holding a baby. And then for days afterwards, they're asking the kids that are still in the house, hey, how's your mom doing? What's she up to? Is she feeling okay? You know, it looked like she might she might have been sick. You know, it's like these are these are not you know, well-intentioned bureaucrats that, you know, just following orders. Like, no, a lot of them are absolutely psychopathic, evil human beings. Um, and it's, I think, I think that's, that's important. That's a big part of, um, know your enemy. Um, a really good book to, this isn't specific necessarily like super deep state specific, but a really good book to read is called and don't buy it uh dm me on telegram i'll give you the link to the free pdf um but it's called rules for radicals by a guy named Solinsky. and i say don't buy it because you don't want a penny of your money going towards this motherfucker 
Um, but it's a very, very good book for understanding what these people are up to and what their tactics are. And so the book's called Rules for Radicals, and it goes through like their strategy of like how they, you know, how the like basically how leftist authoritarian like terrorist type organizations tend to work. Um, and it's a it's a fantastically evil book, but it's a very very good book to read to learn to learn about this kind of stuff. Gosh. And that was so much on my reading list. <laughs> yeah, Whitney Webb did call it on Marty Bent's podcast yeah. talking about the ransomware. That was a really interesting one. Marty's had a really, he's been on a roll. Yeah. One after the other of solid ones. I'm a big fan of Whitney Webb, just to put that on the record. Yeah. C kind of going back to, um, so Brian says, Whitey, dang. It's like, yeah, I'll, they experimented with MK Ultra in prisons. They would go into prisons and they go into mental institutions. They go into these places that, um, you know, people didn't have a lot of uh, ability to, like, negotiate or inform consent of sorts. So they, you know, doped up Whitey on, you know, tons and tons of acid, uh, just insane amount of acid, and then let them loose. Yeah. And, and there's very, very good reason to believe Charles Manson, that whole thing was a CIA mind control experiment probably. of them experimenting with high doses of psychedelics and figuring out how do we, like, how do we control people? How do we trigger people? That's, I mean, that, that's one of the Ted Kaczynski theories because he, not to get, I mean, just, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll link out to that podcast episode because it's good. But basically he, uh, so he, super genius, graduated high school early, went to Harvard, um, and at Harvard, he spent three years in, you know, what was definitely a MK Ultra experiment, you know, where they were doing all kinds of like psychological torture, um, ver like just the worst verbal abuse you can imagine, all kinds of different stuff and like breaking him down. And he came, I mean, he was already pretty fucked up from a bunch of other stuff in his past, but an absolute genius, like. You know, they, they talk about like, like IQ wise, you know, he's up there with like Stephen Hawking and stuff. Um, and what they, you know, they basically broke him down and they had him as part of, you know, the guy that was running this experiment was in the OSS, which is what became the CIA um, after World War II. And they, yeah, they, th there's very good, you know, one of the, actually, very good reason to believe, but like one of the theories that he was like a Man Manchurian candidate type thing and that they had that kind of control. And, um, I think what a, a lot of people get hung up on too is they think, oh, it's like the CIA in general. The CIA has a policy on this. And what a lot of people don't realize is there's there's so much like black budgets with all of this stuff. Like it doesn't have to be 10,000 people working on this. Like it can be a couple of hundred people with, you know, an eight, nine figure budget that's completely unaccountable with no follow-up whatsoever. And so it doesn't, it doesn't have to be 10,000 people doing all this. Like it can be a couple of hundred and I don't know, like, I don't know. The last thing I'll say in MK Ultra is the only reason really anybody knows anything about it is because they found a box of financial records. <laughs> like they, they destroyed pretty much all documents related to it, but they missed a few boxes of financial records that were subsequently found, you know, a couple of decades later. And that's, that's why we even know about MK Ultra, you know, this one specific program. So that, you know, definitely makes you wonder what programs you know, did they successfully destroy all the documents for? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to acknowledge that there is this stuff out there that's happening that is just like purely, purely evil, just to put into context 
of what's happening um, in government and why the state is illegitimate. You know, why when we centralize power to the degree that we have, it's so incredibly destructive. And I mean, you don't even have to get down the conspiracy rabbit hole. Just walk down, you know, drive through your city or town and just look around you at like what people are experiencing right now due to these government actions. I mean, it's just accelerating to the point where it's, it, we, we can't just like sit around complacent and ignore it anymore. You have to take action to protect yourself from, you know, what, what is happening. And I think like the way, the way it ties directly back to Bitcoin too, because obviously it's, you know, tangentially related, but the way it ties directly back to Bitcoin, you know, that I try to help get people to understand is that, you know, these people have, you know, just like your general grab bag turn for the federal government, you know, especially the three letter agencies have successfully fought off every single threat to their power since World War II. Like there hasn't, you know, they put a bullet in JFK's head over this kind of stuff. Um, you know, they've, they've successfully, there's, there have been tons and tons of threats to their power and they fought it back every single time. I mean, like Iran-Contra wasn't a big deal. You know, Nixon resigned over Watergate, you know, okay, whatever. But it's like, they, there hasn't been a substantive pushback to their power in any way whatsoever, in my opinion. And so the people, I don't know. That's, I think that's the other thing that pissed me off about the call, the, because I don't, I don't care about what normies do. I just don't pay attention to it at all. They're, they're like, they're like trees as far as I'm concerned. Um, but when I see Bitcoiners call, you know, call your congressman, call your senator, I'm like, it just, it's, it's, it's such a, to me, it's such a deep, un, deep misunderstanding of, of, of what Bitcoin offers and, and, and what we're trying to do. You know, it's like when they're talking about, you know, can you believe they're trying to put this bullshit in the infrastructure bill? Did you read it? No, of course I didn't read it. Of course it's terrible. Um, you know, because it's like this whole thing was designed to resist state censorship. So why, why are people getting their panties wound up because there's state censorship? Like that's, that's why this was created. Like that's the whole point of this. Like if we, if the government wasn't evil and tyrannical, we wouldn't need Bitcoin. You know, if, you know, there's a, like, you know, if the courts worked, we wouldn't need Bitcoin. I think, I don't know, I think that's J.W. Weatherman, if I remember right, to attribute. Um, but, you know, it's like these, I just, I don't, like these people that are surprised or caught off guard or why are the politicians being mean to us? I don't, I don't understand it. To me, that's like, you know, I, I bought this, you know, rabid fighting pit bull and it bit me. Can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have bought a pit bull, you know, or at least one of those. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's in, it's in, it's in their nature and it's what they do. And we need to build the tools to route around them, not be surprised like weak little bitches. Yeah. Yes. I agree. And I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if once they start passing these laws, what the reaction is and, and where Bitcoin development goes. And I think it's going to be incredibly powerful what we're going to see in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause Have you, the most they can do is create some fuckery in the short term, you know, uh, thank you, Don. Um, you know, like that, that's the most they can do is create, they can, they can fuck, you know, they can, they can suppress the price, they can, which is, you know, here's your weekly reminder, don't leverage your Bitcoin, you know, leverage your credit score, fiat bullshit, all that, I don't care, don't leverage your Bitcoin, because, 
you know, that's going to be the number one way that these fuckers take it, I think. Yeah. And the price doesn't. Yeah. It's it, it's not the most important thing. Yeah. Like with your sats in cold storage, you know, 6102 headline comes out and the price drops to 15K, you know, whatever. I'm just making up numbers. You know, that's, a, that's you're like, oh my God, I never thought I'd see these prices again. Cool. You know, but if you're leveraged up the ass and, you know, you just got liquidated, you just lost a significant percent of your stack or maybe it went down some and you put in a bunch more to cover the margin, blah, blah, blah. And then it went down a whole bunch more and you lost everything. I mean, that, that kind of stuff can happen in a, you know, cause it's, you know, people say, oh, we already went through 55 K down to 30 K. It's like, you no, know, it could be a lot worse than that, you know, easily. Oh yeah, that's a good question. Let's see lurk. I did see a bit. I I have never used Hoddle Hoddle. No, I haven't either. I, I think lending platforms in general are a bit sketchy right now, and I don't really want to play. Where I mean, I think like just my standpoint of you know what I'm focused on right now is building on a circular economy. Mm -hmm. I think the lending stuff can come in the future. I think we need to get people uh, holding Bitcoin, utilizing it and doing it in a way that's sovereign. And that is incredibly innovative. It's incredibly innovative to prevent government theft of all your wealth. I think that's a huge, huge monumental step forward in the same way that the printing press was able to distribute information around the world, empowering the individual by um, helping them move in a sovereign direction. It, 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 those are equivalent to me. Um, but I, th I think like it's really, really difficult these days to know what's true that kind of around the board. And I think they do that on purpose. They try and make it as confusing as possible. You know, we're seeing that with the vaccine and, and masks and all that bullshit. Like nobody knows what to think or or what to do. And I think that's going to be directed at these Bitcoin companies. The, these, you know, Samurai wallet had, you know, some weird stuff going on a while ago. Wasabi, you know, there'll be a lot of uh, energy directed at companies like that, that um, promote some sort of sovereignty and help you to opt out. So you'll probably see that with, um, I mean, there's a potential for, you know, attacks to go at BISC, um, you know, all of, all of these things. And I think, you know, ultimately, it's a lot more difficult to attack a community of people that are interacting with each other in Bitcoin. Um, if there's a lot of them out there, they might go and get one. Um, but it's kind of like the whole Area 51 raid thing. They can't stop us all. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it'll be. And it's a lot of it, you know, obviously having a gigantic, you know, the example I used earlier, if somebody's got 100 Bitcoin, you know, they're they're already out. But you know, much more accessible ways to get there is, you know, income that's resistant to censorship, like income that's not location specific, ideally in Bitcoin, but doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, you could get it in fiat and convert it to Bitcoin or whatever, but like building up that kind of resiliency, you know, I would rather spend, you know, time on that than one second you know, pretending like I give a shit what some terrorist thinks about the latest infrastructure bill. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. hilarious. I saw that. <laughs> Dorsey. Yeah. 
Elon was probably thinking, looking at that post, wondering if Wasabi had a uh, money yeah. transmitter license. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. The samurai people did not. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, Dorsey, like, if he does something I like, you know, I say, oh, good, he did something I like. And if he does something I hate, I think, oh, there he goes again. You know, like, I just don't, I don't have super high hopes for that guy. I would take Don Reddy and Young Lurk over Jack Dorsey. Oh, no question. No question. Yeah. But I think, yeah, this is just what we have to get ready for is there's going to be a lot of, a lot of misinformation uh, directed out there against us and old storage is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that's my, my personal view as a person should go, should live like a bum until they're, until they're out from under the, the government in one way or another. Like that's, I don't know. If you looked at my life from the outside, you'd think I was like a supervisor at McDonald's or something like that. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe you wouldn't, but, um, I don't know. I think that, like, I don't know, not, not being distracted by the bullshit shiny toys, you know, and like, you know, nice shit, big houses, like all like that's, that's just more, I think, fiat brainwashing, just dog shit. And, you know, like if you've got, like I said, if you already, let's say somebody out there has, you know, the hundred coin to, you know, whatever, like they're, they're rolling, you know, by, you know, by all means, treat yourself. What do I care? It's none of my business, what you do with your money. But there's going to be a lot of people who are going to, you know, buy the toys way too early and are going to, you know, come to the end of their life with significantly less than they had expected. And, you know, as we all know, as this goes along, it becomes way harder, not easier to get Bitcoin. I mean, it's like, you know, we were at what last, so last March you could buy it for five grand, you know, and today it's eight times that. You know, it's like I am certainly on the board on the side of that continuing for for the foreseeable future. And like the people that take their foot off the gas and, you know, buy a yellow Corvette or I don't know, get a stripper girlfriend or whatever it is that they're that they're into, you know, do that stuff once you're once hyper Bitcoinization happens. Don't don't do it now. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't know. I guess I don't know how much stripper girlfriends are cost. Maybe, you know, maybe you could get a, a good deal or something. I don't know. There was that strip club in Vegas that's accepting lightning payments now. Okay. So if you are <laughs> wanting to just compromise your future sovereignty, <laughs> go to Vegas. But yeah, it's living like a bum isn't that bad. No, I'm a fan. I've somehow been able to do it with a girlfriend. She's kind of put up with it. I, I have to give her a pep talk every once in a while. <laughs> it's like, all right, we're going to buy, you know, three underground bunkers in the future. <laughs> no, we don't need a couch right now. We can wait on that. Like, we're not going to get distracted by fucking granite countertops and pools, you know, all this nonsense. Like, we're going for, you know, like I said, buying shit that's currently classified. And that's, I, I don't know. I like stuff like, I don't know if I'll actually buy a classified bunker, but I, I that's the kind of stuff I definitely would. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know if it'll end up happening, you know, if I'll end up doing that or whatever, but it's like, that's the kind of stuff I put in my mind to, 
you know, help me stay focused on where all this is going because it's not going towards, you know, some 10,000 square foot house in Scottsdale or, you know, whatever it is other people think is, you know, important. Um, Don said he's holding out for 11 years for a stripper girlfriend. That's some time preference. If you hold out 11 more years, you're going to have at least a dozen stripper girlfriends. That uh, It'd be like John McAfee. Yeah. Yeah. But just not 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 the ending part. Yeah, the the fun times in Belize, McAfee. Yeah. Just don't do the hammock trick. That God. <laughs> or or do I don't know if if you do, you'll just, be able just, to do it. If you, you do, want. just don't tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think like it, we're we're in a time that is as serious, if not more than what was going on. Well. Yeah, what was going on in Nazi Germany? Because we're seeing the absolute desolation of our communities, and I think you know the attitudes. The attitude that I want to have right now is like what Oscar Schindler had, you know, where he's trying to pull people out um, of the concentration camps. You know, in this case, you know, we're looking at a complete collapse of society, breakdown of um supply chains of you know entire industries just decimated i i i see that's don was it a threat i'm not, oh, about, I'm not about getting mcafee getting mcafeed oh yeah sure. i think he was just i think he was referring to uh partying like a madman which is what mcafee did yeah for so, a very long time yeah <laughs> got it i got lost but yeah, I think it's an incredibly serious time and we need to treat it as like there, there's nothing light about the government uh, just ruining millions of people's lives. And this is happening globally too. And it's, have you seen that video of, I think it was filmed in like the sixties or seventies. Um, but there's a guy who he, where did he work at? He worked in a, uh, it was like a, some, like an embassy or something like that. I'm just totally butchering this. But the point of it is he was somebody who approved visas for uh, Jews getting out of, of, of Germany is what his, his, his job was. And so, and he, he basically rubber stamped a bunch of people um, as many as he could. He was 18 hours a day stamping papers, trying to get as many people out as he could. And so in the 60s, I think it was in the sixties, there was this big event and he, he got invited um, you know, he didn't know why exactly he was invited. He's just kind of sitting there. And then right as it's starting, the, the guy, you know, whatever the MC up at the, up on the stage, you know, announces, Hey, here's so-and-so, um, if you are alive today because of what he did, please stand up. And the whole <laughs> fucking thousands of people in the auditorium stand This guy stands up and it's like, they were all and they're live because I, you know, st- put a stamp on a piece of paper. Um, and there's, I think there's a lot of stuff. There's going to be, I hope, I hope it never gets, obviously, hope it never gets anywhere close to that level. Um, but I don't know. Like, that's to me, like, that, that's the kinds of things we need to be thinking about. It's like, how, how do we save people from what's going on? Like, how do we, you know, how do we participate in, you know, fuck, fuck the country, the government, whatever. Like, how, how do we participate in 
redeeming uh -huh. humanity from from all this stuff. And that's I don't know. I think that's that's the stuff that I love to see Bitcoiners work on. You yes. know, not like fucking Lambos and you know who cares about that? It's like build giant families. Like like it's like save people. You know that that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that I excited about Bitcoin enabling. We're on the right side of history on this one. I think it's a good question to be asking yourself. You know, are we the good guys? And I remember asking myself that after watching a Oliver Stone documentary on the Vietnam War and seeing, and it's like, I, I don't think, you know, me and my conservative politics and, you know, pro-military, pro-war, I don't think I'm the good guy right now. And, yeah, we, we have some work to do. There's many, like, examples of that, of, like, how fundamentally, like, think about how evil state has to be to put an 18-year-old, you know, on a plane out to Vietnam, he hops off a helicopter and just machine gets machine gunned down, you know, he's in the country eight days, five days, you know, that stuff happened all the time, like, mm -hmm. how, like, I don't know, like, I, I think I hate the state, like, can you imagine, you know, these parents, like, you know, somebody slapped my kid i would be ready to literally light them on fire you know and it's like can you even imagine like your 18 year old kid hopping off a helicopter getting mowed down and it's like that's that's the kind of stuff the state does like that's that's you know when you hear people say the state hates you you know it's because the state drafts you into a bullshit war and throws you in front of a machine gun that and they started with a false flag that they started with a false flag and they don't think anything of it because you know casualties and it's 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 pretty gross and just mildly. the bombing campaigns that they ran i mean they were considering dropping nukes yeah on vietnam and almost did and that's something i don't think a lot of people know about but yeah and you'll never you know you'll never hear me say anything positive about north korean government you know obviously but it's like you can you can see where their hatred of the West comes from because it's like everything they did in Vietnam they did five ten times over in North Korea. I mean there's there was whole stretches of Korea where there wasn't you know they would talk about there wasn't a brick on top of another brick is how heavily they bombed it and so it's like you know yeah you know Kim Jong Un you know you know him and everyone in power needs to get dropped in the middle of the ocean you know definitely. But on top of that, it's like if you can't see, you know, at least where some of that hatred comes from, I don't think you're paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's one of the things that I found amazing is how good of a reception I've, I've had when I've traveled abroad to some of these countries that the U.S. has terrorized. And, yeah, imagine the lives of blue hair going on in the battlefield right now. Yeah. And then, yeah, well, but, but this is the thing that was happening in Vietnam, you know, it's like you, people that join the military today are people that want to, you know, and have the capacity to for the most part. And if they don't, they wash out. But they were just they were just drafting cannon fodder, you know, just normal people um, that had no desire or aspiration, you know, to go be in the military. One, I think one hugely positive development is think what a draft would look like today. I mean, how many people would dodge the draft? fucking a lot you know way 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 more than vietnam yeah. you know i you know if there was a draft I'd, I'd be in one of those rvs up in northern arizona you know or somewhere else undisclosed location yeah 
I think like, have you ever seen the movie We Are We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson? It's a really good one. It, it's about, um, I mean, it's a great American military propaganda film, as most are, but I mean, it kind of gives you the idea of what people's attitudes were going into that war, you know, pulling off of World War II um, shortly after and uh, you know, really wanting to fight for freedom and fight for this great cause and fight to protect your families. And, you know, communism is this, you know, huge threat, kind of like, you know, terrorism was. Don likes that movie. I like that movie too. And that kind of messaging sucked me into, sucked me in as a kid and kind of like put me in that direction of, of thinking it's so, you know, attractive of wanting to be a part of something so much bigger, you know, and the state hijacks things that are, you know, uh, so good and, um, you know, does awful things with it, but. Yeah. I, and it gets a bunch of people that have no problem with each other to kill each other. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean, like. Oh, and a fun fact: uh, the U.S. helped train uh, um, what's his name, the Vietnamese guy, of uh, Ho Chi Minh. Ho Chi Minh, yeah, to fight the Japanese. Yeah. Another fun fact: they knew about Pearl Harbor and let it happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that one's crazy. That one's out like out in the open now. Yeah. That's not even a conspiracy theory. Yeah. I think that was that a part of the. That the imitation game, that movie that came out. Uh, I watched that one, but I don't remember it really well. I know it was about World War II code breaking and stuff like that. Yeah, that was an interesting. But yeah, ninety nine point nine percent chance FDR knew about about Pearl Harbor and let it happen because he wanted the U.S. to go into World War Two. Yeah, but, what so. was it that brought the U.S. into World War One? It was that. Uh, uh, passenger liner, yeah, yeah. And that, and that one, that one was even more egregious. That one, they filled a passenger liner full of explosives, and basically went back and forth in front of the Germans, you know, just like doing loops around German subs, you know, because they know once this gets sunk, we're going into World War Two, and they're just one. going back and forth, or World War One, yeah, that's right, um, and yeah, that was, I don't know, like these. You think about the like the, the the body count, the financial count, the financial costs, like all that of what what these fuckers have been doing just for the last hundred years is pretty unreal. Which is which is why it's hard for me to, you know, like it's it's a lot more common in conservatives, not so much with Bitcoiners, but it's like the people that are they think something fundamentally different has been going on in the last ten or twenty years versus before. They think something, you know, Trump changed things or the libs are more evil now, you know, what they, they think like something changed, something's different. It's like, no, it's been, it's been the same playbook for at least 50 years, probably a hundred plus. I mean, it's, this is, you know, Lysander Spooner has that great quote from the 1870s about, you know, how just completely and utterly illegitimate the constitution is. And that's over well over a hundred years ago um, that some people had this stuff figured out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this has been a, a massive part of human history is this corruption of centralized power. I mean, we we just look back to the Catholic Church, you know, prior to the advent of the printing press and the Enlightenment, 
in the Renaissance. Um, and it's just, we're in the same point. Like we have not, you know, evolved a whole lot further in our thinking. I think Bitcoin is a huge evolution forward. Yeah. I mean, the, the printing press was, it's just been so instrumental. I mean, just, I can't imagine, well, I can't imagine it, but, uh, you know, just being forced to like the only source of truth is an authority figure. And, you know, I think a lot of people still have that mentality today, but it's, it's, uh, a lot more spread out and, but yeah. And the, the pod, you know, the positive Bitcoin angle is, you know, they are completely just neutered against, you know, individuals who are sovereign at scale and who like, it doesn't, you know, it's people like, oh, we need to convince the majority. No, we don't need anywhere near the majority. Like five, ten percent is plenty to create a total parallel system, you know, to really like bootstrap a parallel system that people can either opt into or not. Yeah. Um, and I mean that's I you know, I probably two or three percent is even enough. Um, but certainly five or ten percent is plenty. Like we don't the, you know, I've said this before, the mob has never mattered in history and it never will. Um you know, they, they go with the flow. You know, if they're in East Germany, they're Stasi informants. If they're in the Soviet Union, they're sending neighbors to gulags. If they're, you know, around here, they're putting that Bill Gates poison in their arm and, you know, trying to mandate that on everyone else. It's like these, these people, you know, they don't have minds. They don't matter. And, you know, best we can do is ignore them, route around them, like insulate, construct our lives in such a way that we're insulated against all of their, all of their insanity. Yeah, yeah we're gonna and, have fun. And, and that we, I don't have, you know, I don't certainly don't wish any harm on them. I just want to be left alone. Like I want them, you go do your thing, you go live in a communist hellhole, and I'll be wherever I am, you know, enjoying my life and having a ton of fun, which is what I do. Speaking of which, how do how do we get the good Australians out? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I know Stefan got out. Like, yeah, is there? I mean, Australia is so remote. There's got to be a place we could just park a boat, right? Yeah. Yeah, we should work on that. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. They've got police helicopters going around and, like, yeah. getting people that go out on the street. But I'm thinking, because, like, I, a long time ago, I heard this statistic that there's there's parts of Australia that are so remote that if you were standing there and the space station went over, the closest human being to you would be on the space station, like 250 miles up Dang. or whatever. Because there's whole, like 250, 200 mile radius areas where there's no, there's just no people. Um, Ted Kaczynski should have moved to Australia. Then. Yeah, yeah, just would have taken longer for his packages to arrive. But <laughs> well, he might not have ever built packages at that point. Yeah, I guess like that podcast they were saying that his breaking point was when they built a road through his like favorite nature place. Oh, really? Yeah. I miss, I miss that. I could totally understand that. <laughs> I get so upset when people like graffiti and deface beautiful nature out here. They got these tea lokes walking around. Yeah. Or like the rocks and stuff. And yeah, yeah they just spray paint all over. Tea lokes. It's like that, that's the word of the true or you know what a tea loke is. Okay. on local, right? Yeah. Porcels. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool. Wanda loves Ron. Great. Did you have to put that on a rock? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck you, Wanda. 
but yeah, um, kind of closing out. I think uh, the fight is to stay positive and not get demoralized in the midst of all of this. It's really easy to take in all the awful stuff that's going on and just you know kind of get depressed and um, want to curl up in a ball. But you know we're winning this war. Yeah, we have the and, mo- and it's not close. That's no. the other thing. Yeah, I mean we're we're. I mean, Bitcoin is just growing. The lightning capacity keeps on uh, jumping. People all over the place are running nodes. Normal people, Elon, are running nodes. Uh, We've got meetups just booming. And the government's talking about debt default. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where they're at. And, you know, they're going to pass these ridiculous rules that people aren't going to follow, just like nobody, you know, follows um, a lot of the rules that are out there. I mean, how long have drugs been illegal? How long have, yeah, and they, you know, they just want to extract as much wealth as they can. And uh, if you Naruto run, you'll be able to run faster than their bullets. <laughs> but um, and and just keep keep grinding. Like make sure every month you're a little bit more sovereign than you were last yeah. month. Like could be something as simple as buying some Bitcoin and securing it in cold storage. You know, or you know, figuring out like getting a little bit more technical with your privacy. You know, there's just all kinds of stuff you can do month after month after month to be just a little bit more sovereign than you were last month. And that's, I think a lot of people, you know, they say, Oh, I, you know, I can't do, you know, I can't do everything right now. It's like, no, of course not. Nobody can, but you can, you know, it's just like anything or getting healthier or lifting weights or anything. It's, you know, a little bit better, you know, each week or each month or, you know, it's like, each time you each time you get paid, put a little bit into Bitcoin. You know, there's just little stuff like that that a person can do and like learn, you know, you know, I don't know, like get a little bit more comfortable with with firearms to defend yourself, you know, things like that. Like there's just there's just little low cost things that a person can do that really, really compounds over time. And yeah, like I'm obviously far from an expert on that. There's tons and tons of people that I that I learn from that are, you know light years ahead of where I am but you know it's like I don't I don't get demoralized and say oh I'm not there yet you know I, I don't I don't own a a bunker in the Rocky Mountains on 2,000 acres you know well so I should just give up no I can I can grind a little bit you know today grind a little bit more tomorrow and maybe in 20 15 years I'll be there you know something like that 10 years yeah I think that time preference Man, hyper Bitcoin stations coming it's called seven that, that's long <laughs> that's a really long timeline the the bet i always make with people is by 2032 a uh nuclear powered aircraft carrier will get sold for bitcoin that's like the most tangible example i can think of of the end of the american empire yeah 2026 i think bitcoin will be the most widely used currency in the united states i hope so the sooner that happens the sooner we eradicate slavery yes yeah kind of Wrapping up, uh, we got some cool stuff going. We we're going to have a block size war book club with the Arizona Bitcoin Network. Um, we're still working on which platform we're going to host that on. It's looking like uh, Discord, which is kind of cool because some of the NIMS are going to participate in that that didn't, don't want to come to the meetups in person. Um, so we're going to be doing that online. And then we have a meetup coming up in Tucson. Uh, same day. Both of those are happening on August 7th. That's going to be at Borderlands. Um, we need Bitcoiners to show up. 
and kind of help the newbies and, and shit coiners. Um, so we, we've had some pretty awesome people, uh, come in, which is good. I think those are, you know, a huge point to, you know, kind of collaborate and get more sovereign. I've been having some great conversations with, uh, Santos. Yes. Recently that guy's been on fire. Um, helping build out this, this meetup scene in Arizona and, uh, Kaiser's coming on the 19th. That'll be pretty fun. Do you know that with the Bitcoin I have, I can buy any freaking Senator or Congressman I want. I make the laws. He who has the Bitcoin makes the law. Yeah. You think Matt Kaiser called his Congressman? Fuck no. Oh yeah. Uh, triple B is coming up too. You're going to be at this. I will be at Bitblock boom. Uh, yeah. If you uh, come up to me and say, hey, I like toxic airwaves, I'll buy you a drink. I'll commit to that right now. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, I'm, I'm bummed I'm not going to be at that one. It's going to, Miami is coming, or well, the, the Bitcoin 2022 is coming around the corner. I think that'll be pretty, pretty exciting. They're talking about where that's going to be. Guns and Bitcoin still has an announcement of where they're going to be. I'd, well, 100% try and be at that one. Um, yeah. That one's my... Se- September, right? No, it's it's in the spring. In the spring, okay. Unless they change the date. I was thinking there was some... Anyway, yeah, definitely. I have I went to the first Guns and Bitcoin, but I missed the last one. And yeah, huge fan of Guns and Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be so cool. We I, I got to watch the first ever 3D gun printed uh, world championship. Oh, nice. That was, that was incredible. Um, Cody Wilson was there. Uh, Ivan the Troll was there. Uh, the guys from Atlas Arms, um, a great, great gr- crew from Arizona was there. Nice. Uh, Ragnar, uh, Diverter, um, so many. Uh, Don's going to be buying you drinks. We'll just have to take turns then, Don. You can't let... You can't buy Skeef all the drinks because you got to <laughs> save up for your future girlfriends. There you go. But, yeah. You got anything in closing? Shout-outs to anybody? Uh, let's see. We had a great chat tonight. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. Thank you, guys. Yeah, nothing nothing for me. Kelly Lanham was on, the, on Phil Gibson's podcast. If you guys check that out, he's a great Arizona Bitcoiner. He's been writing about uh, Bitcoin and real estate and city planning and how Bitcoin is going to uh, fix that up. It's going to get rid of the uh, suburban sprawls that are just awful. He's going to he's gonna build a lot of citadels someday for sure. Yeah. He's going to help me fix up my bunker. But yeah, I think that's all we got. All right. You guys have a good night. <laughs>